What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Real Life from the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. I still have that tendency to say paddle and fin because I spent like two years in paddle and fin. So every now and then I have to pause myself when I start over. But yes, welcome to the Real Life from the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. Um, I'm you saw heard me cracked open. It's not a beer. I'll be honest with you. It is just what is this? Just sparkling water, sparkling flavored water. Uh, don't judge me. I just found out I had COVID. I was getting ready to go out fishing tomorrow. And today's Thursday, by the way, uh, for me when I'm recording. So I was getting ready to go Friday like I usually go Fridays fishing. I don't like to fish on the weekends because it's full of pleasure boaters. And the weather's been so nice that even in winter here, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of pleasure boaters on the weekends. So... I try like to go on the week. I like to go Wednesday, Thursdays, Fridays, Mondays. I love going Mondays. Nobody's on the water. But anyways, I was going tomorrow, Friday. Um, I was setting up my fish finder in my kayak because um, I got a whole replacement on my PA-14 because the other one had a crack in the deck. So uh, long story short, I was fishing without a fish finder purposely for the last few months, just kind of going back to basics, you know, seeing that helps me a little bit. But you know, I'm ready to push my fish finder. So I was rigging everything up on my garage. There were just everywhere. I started sniffling and coughing. And I thought it's just, it's just winter allergies, which I usually get at this time of year. But as the day progressed, I was kind of feeling worse and worse. I don't feel horrible. I don't feel like I got COVID, but I figured before I go out there and go fishing and mingle with other people and all that, um, get tested and in fact, I do have COVID. So I'm just drinking sparkling water, no beer. So don't want to uh, fool you into thinking I opened a beer. I don't know. Let me know uh, if you like sparkling water. I do. I don't know why. Don't judge me. I found a few years ago that I actually liked. This one is, I got this one on special, Blackberry Cucumber. Yeah, I know. That sounds so manly compared to opening a beer. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, we got a great episode for you today. I got Wesley Gray, local angler here from Central Texas. Um, big fan of what she's done. I was we're just having this lengthy conversation uh, in the pre-recording, um, and I have the utmost respect for Wesley. And you'll get to know her, and she'll tell you her story. But for those of you out there that are just getting into kayak fishing and thinking going into tournaments, and doubting yourself, like, honestly, like I did, because the reality is, like I mentioned on my podcast before, if you listen to it, when you're just starting off and then you start investing and going to tournaments, unless you really experience the bass fishing, the first few tournaments are just going to be you donating money, especially national trails. But Wesley, I the almost respect, and I'll let her tell the story. But yes, before we get Wesley writing, quick shout out to our sponsor, Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out the full lineup of LRS, X-Matrix, and award-winning fly fishing rods. If you love fly fishing, you should definitely check them out. Their Sky G uh, rods are amazing. I, I got into fly fishing uh, about a year ago, and that Sky G lineup is amazing that is literally one of the best fly fishing rods out there uh, other than that if you're listening um on apple i 
podcast on, I was going to say Apple TV, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, whatever podcast platform that you listen to. If you don't mind, give us your five star, whatever thumbs up, whatever they do on whatever platform you use. You can also uh, check us out on Facebook. We really do appreciate it. It does help out. You can follow us on social media, on, on Facebook, TikTok, and uh, YouTube under Bass Kayak and Beers. So, yep, that's my intro. And let's welcome in Miss Wesley Gray. How are you, Wesley? Hey, Armando, I'm good. How are you? Thank very well. Like I said, I had COVID, but I'm doing good. Like oh, bad yeah. as had it last year was pretty bad. Like it was like the worst flu that I've ever gotten, but I wasn't feel like dying or had to go to the hospital. Right now this is my yeah. first day with symptoms and I just feel congested. I really really thought it was allergies, but we'll see how I feel tomorrow. But so far, so good. How are you? Well, I'm sorry that you got you got the vid, man. Yeah, I got the we're calling the vid now. We're not calling it the Rona anymore, right? That was sounds too so 2019 calling it the Rona. Oh uh, yeah, I see your your sparkling water. I like sparkling water. It's good. So I, like- I got a beer. I have street. I know. I was really and I just bought a six pack of one of my favorite beers. I was so excited to crack open a beer. Um because I hadn't done it all this week and then i was like yeah i guess i shouldn't open a beer right now because i don't think it's gonna help my congestion of my drinking alcohol so i think we have a lag on it. you still can hear me right wesley yeah yeah I, well I, you kind of broke up a little bit but I, I heard you say something about drinking alcohol yes that i don't want to drink alcohol because i feel it's going to make it worse but maybe it'll kill the virus i don't know so let's get started here wesley tell us about you tell us how you what do you do for a living, first of all, and, and how do you got into fishing and kayak fishing? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my my day job, um, I work at Sam Houston State University in Huntsville, Texas. So, um, and it's really kind of funny whenever people ask me this question, I tell them what I do. It's It seems so um, not like what fishing Wesley would do, I guess. So I'm the director of strategic initiatives and operations for the college of arts and media. So I, I oversee all of our budget faculty hiring, um, marketing and communications. So I oversee the marketing and communication team for the college of arts and media, not all of Sam Houston, but the, the individual college that I work for and, um, you know, I love my job. Um, I went to college and I never left. So, you know, I went to, I did my undergrad at Sam Houston and then went and worked full time, um, for seven years. Uh, well, I guess maybe, I guess it was about 10 years. And then I went back and got, and got my MBA from Sam Houston too. So I've got, you know, alumni two times over and I, you know, I love it. I went to college and I never left. It's the best thing ever. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, that's my day job. Um, and then, you know, kind of the kayak fishing thing, right? So what got me into into kayak fishing? Um, you know, like a lot of people, right? Um, grew up fishing as a kid, you know, had a, a pond in my backyard. And so I'd fish there, you know, until my mom made me come in inside, you know, inside at night. And my dad and my grandpa would always, you know, drag me along, you know, have an older sister and, um, I really think they wanted a boy. And so then, then what they got was me. And, um, so I spent a lot of time sitting on the back of the boat, um, you know, not catching a lot, but it was, 
some of my favorite memories, I guess, as a kid, you know, growing up or those fishing trips with, with my dad and my grandpa. And, um, and so I've always loved it. Right. It's like always been a passion of mine. And I guess maybe about two years ago, um, two and a half years ago, I, I wanted to kayak for years. And cause you know, I don't, I was never into the, to the bass boat scene, right? Like I don't, you know, I don't have a place to store it. You know, I don't have a truck, you know, I just don't, it just doesn't work. So I bought a kayak and, um, I bought a native, native Slayer Max and, um, excuse me, <clears throat> and just kind of decided, okay, I've got this kayak, you know, I've been out fishing a few times, like this is great and all, but I really want to. I don't want to just fish all these local lakes. Like I want to go to Chickamauga. I want to go to, you know, these lakes in wherever, Wisconsin. Like I want to go to La Crosse. I want to go to Chick. I want to go to Ufala, all of these places. And so I was like, well, I could never justify to myself just going and doing that. So I was like, well, I'm just going to fish tournaments. So that that's kind of, I just kind of dove into it. That's really interesting. And we were talking about in the pre-recording, how many times yeah. did you actually went kayak fishing before your first tournament? Uh, like a handful, remember? probably like four or five times. Four or I five mean, times. Seriously. I, yeah, I, and I'm trying to think now, cause that, that first tournament that I fished was in March. I had probably been out in my kayak four times in the month of February on Lake Conroe, which is, I know lots of people love Lake Conroe. It's my arch nemesis. I can't stand Lake Conroe. <laughs> I got it's a buddy of mine of my that loves Lake, Lake Conroe. Every time I go out with the huh? fishing, I got a buddy of mine that loves Lake Conroe. Like every Jacob, if you're listening, I love you. My, like my brother, but Jacob, every time I go fishing with Jacob, all he does is talk about Lake Conroe. He's probably shaking his head right now. Well, I'm listening to this because he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> he just loves Lake yeah. Conroe, never fished to it. But go ahead. So your first few times were like four, five times. When was your, when was, what was, I'm sorry, what was your first tournament that you fished? Say your question one more time. You kind of broke up. I didn't hear you. Sorry about that. It's the connection is a little okay. shaky today. But what was your first tournament that you fished? Okay, so the first turn first tournament that I fished was the Bassmaster tournament on Fork in 2021. So it was I think that tournament was early March, yeah. maybe like first weekend in March, I think that year. And uh I had always wanted to fish Lake Fork. You know, I had multiple times in prior years like, "Oh, I'm going to go spend spring break up there, you know, get it before I had kayak, right? Like, oh, I'll get a guide or something like that. You know, I just really want to go. It's supposed to be the best, one of the best lakes in the nation, you know, and Texas, right? And, um, and this is kind of, you know, again, like I love to fish, but I didn't have all of the knowledge and all the skills and things that I have now. And, um, and so I was like, this is great. I've got my kayak. I'm going to go fish Lake Fork. I'm going to register for this tournament. So it, in my mind, it like legitimizes my trip, right? And, um, and I go up there and I think I caught one fish in practice and it was a terrible, terrible practice. And, uh, and I think I ended up catching two fish in the tournament. So, I mean, it was, it was fun though. It was windy. Did you fish that tournament? 
I fished that tournament. It was tough. Yeah. I actually ended up with two fish as well. Yeah, yeah. That one that one was, you know, the weather was kind of, you know. I think it was like it was two weeks windy. removed. I think we had like a little cold snap one. Yeah, I think it was like two two weeks removed from that snow night and um are we back? Yeah, we kind of got frozen there for okay. a second. So yeah. if so like I was saying, it was I think it was like two or three weeks removed from that snowmageddon we had in 2021 where everything just kind of like froze over. And I think yep. I think a lot of people like myself expected to maybe be a spawning bite. And I think mm -hmm. that spawn just got pushed back for like yeah, I think it even did. The, in the yeah. The the one I caught one fish sight fishing on a bed. And which was, I wish I had, I wish I had GoPros at that tournament because it would have been epic. I mean, yeah. I was standing in the seat of my kayak, power pulled down in some little tiny buck brush cove, like where I could barely move and pulled this, you know, 18 inch fish out of a bed where earlier, like in practice, there I saw a guy in a bass boat trying to run his bass boat through, you know, a three foot wide hole in this buck brush that he just couldn't get through. It was hilarious. I, I like, I almost fell in the water, I think two or three times. That's stupid. It was so but, windy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a tough tournament. I, and the crazy thing about it, I think for a lot of local anglers, it really kind of put a curveball on, on what yeah. they were trying to do. Like if you notice, like, I think on the top 10, the only one was Guillermo Gonzalez. Nobody, nobody's surprised. But I would have expected right. to see, even if not not a local angler wins it, but I would have expected to see, you know, at least half of the top 10 be uh, local anglers. And really it was just Guillermo. I think he was like top, I think he was in the top five. Everybody else was just out of state, which kind of shows you like, yeah, like for us, yeah. you know, it, it was really a curveball. Same thing happened uh, in 2022 with Garrett Morgan uh, won that. Mm -hmm. I think it was just horrible conditions yeah. for us, and, Texas. And I fished that one too. The, the 2022 one, it was so bad. It was so bad. Now I will, for the, for the 2021 one though, the one thing that was kind of like the, the whole saving grace for me for, for fishing tournaments. And it was kind of like, this is fun, right? Like I'm going to keep doing this was, you know, I caught two fish. The, the, the second fish that I caught I got beat out for big bass by a quarter of an inch. So oh, wow. I caught the second biggest fish in the whole tournament. And I mean, I was hooked. That moment where you're like, yes, this is, this is why I do this. Even if I'm not winning, just having that fight, that, that hook set, that fish just dragging you around like a sleigh ride, especially in Lake Fork, like Lake Fork bass just bite different. They're just different beasts. Yeah. So what, I mean, you, you touched a little bit about, you know, how you decided to, I'm going to start doing tournaments to push you to, to fish more and fish out of your comfort zone. But mm -hmm. I know for a lot of people, including myself, it's, you know, it's kind of intimidating, especially national trails where you go up against right. you know, Guillermo Gonzalez, um, Cody Milton, Ross Snyder, Christine Fisher, all those great anglers, right? 
Um, and like I mentioned on, on the intro, you know, you, you really are just donating money. And, you know, that's at least, you know, just the entry fees, at least 250 this year, it went up. Um, you know, did you have any second thoughts of like, let me fish a local trail first and before? Like, why you decided just like, okay, I'm going to go head first into this. Do you have any regrets at all of just going head first? Would you, would you no. now looking at it, would you say that nah, maybe I should have started something smaller or something like that? No, no, no. I mean, that it's, that's a great question. And no, I don't have any regrets. You know, it just happened by playing it that way, you know? Um, and it was partially because I was so new. I didn't really know the difference between everything. Right. And so, you know, I know that, you know, there's this Bassmaster trail, right. Which is, which is tied with the Bassmaster brand, which everyone knows, you know, um, and then you've got the Hobie trail. And then of course there's KBF and then there's all of these like local things. And I think in my head, I just went, well, I'm, I'm going to go with what I think I know. And so, so I just went with Bassmaster. So the first year I fished, Oh, I don't know. I think five or six Bassmaster tournaments. I can't, I can't remember. Um, almost, almost the whole trail. I did not, um, I did not fish one that they had up in like the Northeast. Um, I don't, I don't even remember where it was now. Um, no, and I, I don't have any regrets about that. You know, it was kind of by accident. Um, and, and I was thinking about this, you know, cause you asked me about this in the pre-recording and, and I think the reason why I didn't really think anything about it is because, you know, I, and we didn't talk about this before, but I have a, a little bit of a background in saltwater tournament fishing. And so, you know, my boyfriend and, and, you know, his pledge brother from college, you know, their best friends it, at any rate, um, they, they do a lot of saltwater tournament fishing, like big saltwater tournament fishing, you know, so they're, you know, going out of, you know, they fish the Emerald Coast Billfish Classic, you know, Mississippi Billfish Classic, you know, all of these big, big saltwater tournaments. And so for years, the last 10 years, like I go to these tournaments where, you know, the prize money's $500,000, you know, the entry fees are, you know, five to 25,000, depending on where it is and where you're going and what you're doing. And so I was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, this, this, doesn't this seems more like I guess I thought it was more legitimate you know not that I have realized that local trails are just as they're just as legitimate as the big ones right um so I wouldn't go back and do it any other way but if somebody came and talked to me and they were really nervous I would say go fish a local trail like go fish one that's you know close to home go go do that first if you want to see what it's all about and you know you don't have to jump right into the national scene but um but it doesn't, you know, you asked about like, you know, all it like Guillermo, like going and fishing with all these people, you know, are really great anglers and, you know, being intimidated or, you know, it wasn't, it, I never really thought about it that way, you know, and, um, and I kind of look at it as I, I want to, I want to fish with the best. I want to fish with the best of the best because, I'm not going to get any better as an angler if I'm not competing with people who are better than me. And so I want to learn. Right. And, um, and I feel like that's, that's one of the best ways to do it. Right. Get out there and, and fish, 
you know, all of these waters that are different, you know, they're not like Texas lakes. Right. Um, I don't know. That's just, that was kind of how I looking back on it now. Right. I have a little bit different perspective than I did when I first started. What has been the biggest um, lesson from where that first tournament to where you are now? What do you would say it's the biggest tournament? I mean, the biggest lesson you've learned. Right. So, you know, I, I've, the majority of all of my experiences, like 99% of them have all been wonderful, you know, um, from local tournaments, you know, Hobie tournaments. And, and, you know, and I say the guys, the guys and the gals, you know, everybody has been really, really great. I did have early on probably my second tournament. Um, I fished on Lake Eufaula, um, where maybe I shared a little bit more information about where I was catching fish and where I was fishing on tournament day than probably what I should have. And, you know, when I got to my spot on tournament morning, there was somebody camped out on it who, you know, made this real big deal about, oh, well, you know, I'm, I don't do that. You know, I don't take people's spots and, you know, we just want to make sure we stay out of everybody's way. And then, you know, showed up on my spot on tournament morning. And I don't, I don't think that that went for him the way that he thought that it was going to go. I think he thought that I was just going to kind of move along and not say anything to him about it, but, but I let him know. Yeah, there you go. You have to, do you feel like as, and and again, we were talking about this, but the pre-recording, I don't want to sound mess. What's the word? Help me out, Wesley. Uh, mis misogynistic. Misogynistic. Thank you so much. Right. I don't want to sound that way. And sometimes I'm always paranoid when I'm asking these questions, like that I sound that way, but I'm truly not. No. I'm not at all. But let me ask you this. Do you feel like, you being a, you know, a woman by yourself fishing these tournaments that you have to be like, okay, I need to be tougher or, you know, than anybody else just to make sure that nobody takes advantage or thinks that they can take advantage of you. Say, say it one more time, Armando, you broke up. Do I feel what I know that con my connection is pretty bad. Like I was saying, do you feel like you need to, make it a point to show that you're tough, not that you're pretending to be tough, but let everybody know, Hey, just because I'm a, I'm a woman here in this tournament doesn't mean that I'm just going to be ho-hum about everything. Like I need to, you know, kind of like stake your claim kind of thing or make sure everybody respects you. Did you feel and at some point that that is an issue? No, no, I don't think so. Um, I've never, I've never felt like I had to be um, like what I would kind of call like over the top, like tough. No, I've never felt that way. And, and I just, you know, I mean, I'm there to fish. I'm there to have a good time. You know, I want to be friendly with people. And as long as, as long as people are, you know, respectful of me I'm respectful of them. You know, I don't feel like, you know, I need to, to, you know, like, you know, just because, you know, I don't feel like I need special treatment, you know, and, and I don't feel like anybody has really treated me that way. Um, I mean, sometimes people kind of mansplain things or if they don't know me, you know, um, I mean, now pretty much 
you know, most people, you know, I'm, I've made friends with Guillermo and Christine and, you know, Mark and, you know, a lot of the guys. So a lot of people know me now. Right. But um, sometimes if it's somebody that doesn't know me, like they're like, oh, you know, are you here with your husband? And I'm like, hmm, no, <laughs> <laughs> like usually that's the comment that I get. Right. Is like they don't realize I'm there to fish. And but usually when they do, they're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, so I, I don't think so. I haven't, I haven't really had anybody made me feel like I needed to be that way. Maybe that, maybe that one time on the water where it was like, you know, just because I'm a girl, don't think that I'm not going to say something to you about sitting on my spot. You know, I don't think he would have done that to a guy. Yeah. And, but that's, only time I've ever had that happen. I've never had anybody else do anything like that. Well, good. For, I mean, that's good that you haven't that experience. And I can see how it, it may be intimidating. And again, this is this board we've over and over. There's like gender neutral, you know, yeah. anybody that it, it just takes skills that anybody mm -hmm. can possess and knowledge and how to apply. I mean, I guess wisdom, in other words, the knowledge that you possess about fishing, how do you apply it to each scenario? And that's obviously gender neutral. It's not about who can jump fat, who can pedal faster or cast longer. It's just about getting that precise cast and knowing what to throw and where to find it. And obviously anybody right. can, can do that regardless of gender. What do you mm -hmm. think has been the biggest for you personally, aside from that experience, but for you as in in a technical aspect, what has mm -hmm. been your biggest improvement on the water since you started? Oh obviously? wow! Oh, biggest technical improvement on the water. Okay. Um, that's a great question. Hmm. If it makes so it easier, what? How would you used to fish compared to how you fish now? Oh, I I cover a lot more water. I cover a lot more water than what I used to. I mean, when I fished, when I fished that very first tournament, I probably didn't go a half a mile from the ramp. I fished this little cove and I fished in there all day long. Didn't, I never left. And, you know, it'd be one thing if you, if I had caught a bunch of fish in there, right? You know, I caught two okay fish, you know, well, I mean, you know, one really good one and one okay one, but I, it took me a long time to learn that to not be afraid of the water, right? So, you know, like when you're new to, or at least for me, I was new, like I hadn't spent a lot of time in my boat. And so I did not cover enough water in tournament days. Uh, I think the most water that I ever have ever covered in a tournament was uh, 2021 on Pickwick, I covered 18 miles, eight miles up and eight miles back. Is that right? 16 miles, 16 miles. There you go. 16 miles. That's quite a lot. <laughs> 16 miles. And I didn't, it's, it, it's probably one of the, it was the first tournament I ever zeroed in. I covered 16 miles on Lake Pickwick and didn't catch a dang fish. Wow. That was what you? Wow. 2021. 2021. What's been your favorite, mm -hmm. let's start with this one. What's been your favorite 
tournament league, not just recreation. We're talking about tournaments. What, which one have you done the best and which one have you done the Well, I guess you mentioned Pickwick already. <laughs> so let's see. So the, the lake that I guess... It, okay, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll kind of subdivide it, right? The lake that I've done the best in a national tournament on is Toledo Bend. That's that's been my best national finish last year in the last two years. Uh huh. Wow, props to you because that was a tough. Because I think I ended up thirty first. It was a tough tournament. It was a tough tournament, but that one it was tough. But God, I had fun. It was so much fun. It was terrible though. It was terrible. I was soaking wet. It was cold. It was windy, but I was catching fish and that was so much fun. I mean, for two days, fish the same spot. Um, I fished in the same area that uh, Cody Henley fished. And I think he was third. I think he no, came second. in third. On I thought he huh? came second. I think he came maybe, second. To maybe Rondo. it was second. Maybe it was second. Yeah. And I mean, me and Cody fished the same cove two days in a row. And it was like, it, it was, that was one of my best experiences because I, you know, I'm catching fish. I know he's catching fish and I don't look at the leaderboard when I'm fishing. Um, and so, but we just took turns. Like we would pass each other at the middle of the cove and, he would head toward the back. I would head toward the front and we'd fish and then we'd meet in the middle and swap sides. And, um, that was a lot of fun. So that was probably the best, um, as far as local trails go, um, Lake Nack, Lake Nacogdoches this past summer, um, the alphabet crew had a tournament there and I think I finished 10th out of like, I don't know, 80 some odd people or something. So that, that's been like my best tournament fish you know, two places out of the money. Right. And, and that one was right, tough too. Nacogdoches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I was going to yeah. say the alphabet crew, which for those that don't know, Southeast Texas kayak bass league. And thank yes. you, Chris, for changing the name. of that. Yes. <laughs> but that's why they call it the alphabet crew. That is as right. tough as any national trails. I mean, the people, the anglers fishing those trails, I mean, Brian Scarberry, I think, fished that one. Uh, Rolando Nandine, uh, Tim Rodman, mm -hmm. uh, Garrett Silent. Oh, I mean, there's Howell. just Brian Howell. Brian Howell, yeah. of course. How could I forget Brian Howell? Um, I don't know if Mark Prendergraft fished, because I know he's more from my side of the woods. But he, he either way. like the North stuff. Yeah, North. Yeah, we have him. So does Matt Scotch and, and Guillermo Gonzalez. But still, that, that trail and the new trail that Chris Morales has, that merge between southeast and central i mean it's yeah. loaded with talent i that's as tough as i mean if you win if, if you do good at any of those chris morales trails or even duke duke trans trail here in northeast texas mm -hmm. i mean pat yourself on the back brush your shoulders whatever the kids call it now um because that's as tough as as any national trail in my opinion yeah yeah Th and that was a tough one that day i mean it was like I don't know, like 16 mile an hour winds that day of the tournament. And, and actually Alex, my son fished that tournament with me that day. So I had him there and my sister fished it. And so, and they had never fished a tournament before. And I don't know that Alex had, he's fished out of a kayak maybe twice 
And so they showed up and I was like, well, if you're going to come fish, like you have to register, just donate your money and go, you know, see what you can do. And we didn't get any practice. And, um, I had to ditch my motor after like first launch because my battery was dead in my remote and I didn't know it. So, you know, I'm waist deep in Lake Knack pulling my motor off of my kayak and have to run it back up to my car and you still got 10th place in that tournament that's pretty amazing yeah. i mean usually i get i mean let me ask you this that's a good point like when you have situations like that that happen like like your motor's not working now you have to like change strategies how do you mm -hmm. Especially for somebody that's pretty new to the sport, considering you've only like you started in yeah. February 2021, we're in January 2023. So if you've basically only have had two full years of doing this, how do you right. keep it from snowballing? Because I think that's one of the biggest things for new anglers is when right. things go wrong, how do you stop it from snowballing into getting worse and worse and worse? For you now, I mean, Again, you're pretty new at this. How do you stop mm -hmm. yourself when things are going wrong from letting it snowball? Well, you know, I mean, the motor thing, right? It was a total pain. And I knew and I knew that it was going to cause problems. Like I wasn't going to be able to fish where I wanted to fish. You know, I, I didn't get to practice, but, you know, I was looking at the map and and I'm kind of familiar with Lake Knack. You know, we've it's not very far from my sister's house. So we fished it a few times. Um, but it's one of those situations where for, for me personally, when, when it's something that, you know, you're in the moment, you know, I've got to do this today. I'm fishing this tournament and it's something that happens that is outside of your control. You have to take that and say, I can't control that. So I have to make a new plan. So it was Okay. I may not, I'm not going to make it to the spot that I want to make it to by lines in. I've, I've been here a handful of times before. I know there's a spot right by the ramp. I've got 10 minutes. I've got to pull this motor off, get it back to my car, get back in my boat and get to that spot. And this is, this is the hand that the good Lord has dealt me today. So you just have to not let it get in your mental headspace. You have like, and I do that before a tournament. I kind of, you know, it's like this, I, I try to prepare, right? I try to prepare all of the things that I can ahead of time. But when you roll up to the boat ramp that morning and something's wrong, you know, you have to just roll with it. I mean, on Toledo Bend, all of my, all my stuff was frozen. I didn't even think about, you know, um, like my rudder and stuff, everything was frozen. I couldn't, I could not even steer. <laughs> so for like the first 10 or 15 minutes, I was on the water until all my lines unfroze. You know, it's not much you can do about some of that stuff. Right. Um, I think probably the one time where, where I let, I let something really rattle me and, um, And it really just kind of ruined the rest of my tournament day was this past year on Chickamauga. I think it was in June, the Hobie on Chick. And um, I had actually been up to Chickamauga a couple of months before that. And I marshaled a Bassmaster Elite tournament on Chick just for fun, just to go. 
And, um, and so I had kind of, you know, gotten to see the lake and I knew what my plan was when I came for the tournament. And, um, so I get out there, I'm fishing and, and I actually have this on video and I haven't published it anywhere because I'm just like, man, it's, it's probably one of my worst moments so far. Um, I get this fish in the boat and it's probably, you know, an, at least a solid 18 inch bass. And I got the butt of my rod, like hung up in my crate behind me, right? Like all my rods are standing up vertical behind me. I get the butt of my rod hung up and I'm holding the fish with one hand and I turn. And as I turn, I hang the fish over the side of my kayak, not intentionally because I just wasn't paying attention. It goes to flopping and I drop an 18 inch fish back in Lake Chickamauga before I get to measure it or anything. And man, it, you, you can see me on the camera. I'm just holding my head. I'm just pissed off. I was mad and it ruined the rest of my day. And you know what? I will never let that happen again. I will never let my day be ruined like that again. So, you know, you gotta roll with the punches and, you know, maybe not take everything so seriously sometimes. It's it's a blessing just to be on the water and fishing. That's I guess that's right. and I know it sounds cliche, but yeah, I would say out of anything that can happen on the water that is not life threatening, losing a big fish is probably the worst feeling or something that was all that's gonna get you rattled, no matter who you are. I mean, yeah. some of us, some of other people, I'm not saying myself, but other experienced anglers, uh veterans of the sport would probably get to deal with it a little bit better than I would. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, you know, again, if it's apart from anything that might be life-threatening, this, that's probably, if you ask anybody, I bet you a hundred anglers, a hundred would say, yeah, that's the worst thing to get over. Just losing a big fish on tournament day. Yeah. One that could potentially, you know, put you over the top. Who has been to you, if anybody, like a role model um, or has you've learned more or have been influenced the most? Is there anybody out there that you like, you know, I've learned a lot or model myself, uh, whether on and off the water, anybody out there that's really kind of like elevated your game? Oh, man. Um, I hadn't thought about that before. Let me see. You know, I... I want to say, I don't know if there's like one specific person, um, but I definitely know um, like some of the local guys, like when I first started fishing, like they really helped me a lot. And it, and it's not always knowledge, right? Like sometimes it's just camaraderie, like making me feel like I was a part of the group you know, like I'm not just, you know, most sometimes with the exception of Christine and maybe one other person, I'm usually the only girl there. And, you know, um, definitely like that first tournament, like I told you on Fork, the first couple of people that I ever met at a, at a tournament was Jeff Isham, Nate McIntosh, like Tim Rodman. Um, and those guys just have always, made it a point to kind of go, I mean, we're, we're friends now, you know, that, but they always made it a point to go out of their way. Like if I was at a tournament and they were at a tournament to, you know, like, Hey, like come have a drink with us or, you know, come hang out at the captain's meeting so that I didn't feel 
like I was there alone. And, you know, they, and they're super wonderful guys. Like they didn't have to do that, you know, but, but also the longer I've tournament fished, you know, a lot of people have, have gone out of their way to help me. You know, Mark has been a great help to me a lot, you know, um, God love them. Lambert's been real good to me too. You know, Dylan, you know, it's a, it's a lot of a great group of guys, you know, guys and gals. Christine's been super helpful, you know? Um, so, you know, pretty much like everybody, right. Everybody's super welcoming. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's like one person. I think it's kind of, you know, the, the collective group of people, and it's a wonderful thing about the kayak fishing community. I know sometimes, especially on social media, um, you know, there's always, you know, the things that get highlighted, like the walleye tournaments, you know, oh, the, man. The, the cheating and all I that. I got asked about that last week. Oh, yeah. Somebody it's... in my office stopped me and asked me about that last week. Do you know what happened to those guys? No, yeah. I don't know them. They're going to trial. I don't know what the end of it i, I, I think doubt they were they supposed did. to go to trial in november is what i read because yeah. i had to go google it but i haven't heard anything since yeah. then so and 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 I, I mean i understand sometimes as me myself as a podcaster you know in social media I, I view it as a service to the community and sometimes yes we sometimes we do have to talk about things that need to be addressed but right. it's important to not focus oh like somebody so-and-so got into a fight kind of thing that's more like TMC style versus, you know, somebody's not following the rules. These rules need to be changed, blah, blah, blah. That's different. Uh, but the the whole like drama kind of stuff, because somebody, someone and someone's not getting along, that really does really happen. And I, and it sometimes yeah. I roll my eyes when it gets so much publicity because the reality is it's everybody's just wonderful. Even, even the keyboard key, keyboard yes keyboard warriors in kbn that i would you know get into arguments one i once i meet meet them on the captain's meeting they're the most wonderful people you you, you could ever meet but yes it's 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 don't anybody that's trying to get into kayak fishing you know they need to understand this is a great community there's a great camaraderie for the most part everybody looks after each other for the most part everybody's happy with somebody's success and everybody wants to see everybody wants to see everybody caught catching fish and everyone wants to beat everyone at their best. There's obviously right. rivalries in a healthy way. There's, there's competition in a healthy way because it's not all kumbaya, but it's everything it's in its place for the most right. part. And I think that's, you've experienced that. Um, I've experienced that as kind of new angler, especially on, on national trails. And catching a fish is a bonus, but the camaraderie, the friendship that you make along the ways is cannot be understated. I would argue that's probably for somebody that's never won a national show like myself. That's actually the best part. Ask me after I win the national trail. If I still think the camaraderie is the best part, I'll probably say yes. But you know, it it is, it's a, it's a great atmosphere. It's a great group of people for the most part. What advice do you have to anybody that's new to kayak fishing, maybe just a couple of months old into this and is interested in getting into a trail? You've got it, you know, like four times before you got international trails. Um, what advice yeah. do you have to anybody like that? You know, that I think that 
the advice that I would have is, you know, do your research on, um, you know, what trail you think you want to fish, what boat you think you want. I mean, do your research. I think, um, and then, and then when you're informed, don't be afraid to ask questions, right? Like reach out to people and ask questions. Um, I know that's something that I was super nervous about, you know, because everybody looks, you know, like, okay, let me search on Facebook. Well, listen, if you get into KBN and, and, and I love the guys, I love Lambert and Jeff and all of them. And they're going to be like, oh my God, Wesley, listen, I was terrified to ask any questions on social media about anything because I just knew I was going to get roasted as the newbie. So, you know, I would say do some research and then ask questions. Now, I didn't have any problems with that because I just went out and did, you know, but um, don't be afraid to send somebody a message on Instagram and ask a question or send them a, a message on Facebook. Like, don't be afraid to do that because that's something I was a little bit hesitant to do. But, you know, also my personality is just kind of like get out there and do it. So it it wasn't hard for me. But if you're struggling, like ask somebody, you know, send, send me a message on Facebook. Send Christine a message on Facebook. She'll reply to you, you know. And, um, and then just go into it realizing probably um, because this is where I feel like I am your first couple of years, you may not win. So go like everybody says, go in, go have fun, go fishing, get to know the people and then ask for help when you need it. Um, that would be probably the, the best advice I think I could give somebody. You're not very, very few people who have never fished out of a kayak before are going to show up to a tournament local or national and cash a check their first tournament. There might be some people out there who can do it, but if you go into it with the expectation on yourself that I'm going to cash a check every tournament or this every tournament, or I have to place that every tournament, you're going to be real disappointed and, and it's going to take all the fun out of it. Yep. I agree. I think everybody has to pay their dues, right? And listen, yeah. we've had a uh, huge fan of, by the way, Jackson Rambonis, who won a oh, trip yeah. for sure. But Jackson Rambonis, even though he's 16 years old now, uh, 15 years when he won the tournament, he grew up like he's yeah. the son of Fred Rambonis. You know, he's been fishing since. Oh, man, I was probably there. Probably since I, five thought, years. I mean, I was there. Yeah. So it's. I got my butt handed to me. Yeah. So it's that for some people, like for me, I started in my mid, what, my mid 40s started doing kayak bass fishing. So it's going to take time to develop just so like right. it took time, just because my lifespan is a little bit longer than other people that want. My point to it is like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like even in Jackson Rambonis, it's because he's been doing this since five years old. You know, yeah. um, you were minor. He's been great at bass fishing before he got into kayak bass fishing. So it's That's people right. that regardless of the age, they've kind of paid their dues um, to get to that point, even if it was just maybe like Jackson Rambo is their first tournament out of fishing right. out of a tire. Um, it's the experience that, that was there. And I think more than anything is building blocks. Like you mentioned, you can't go thinking like, Oh, I'm going to win. Maybe, maybe on a two day tournament, I doubt it very much. Unless again, you've been doing this for years and maybe just right. not on the kayak. Um, 
but it's building blocks. And that I think that's the fun part about it. I think when you mm-hmm. get to like, oh, you know, I've evolved from doing this to doing that now and from zeroing it out on the first few tournaments to actually getting a limit, even though I didn't get into money to eventually getting the money to eventually one. I think that makes it even more sweeter than anything. I think anybody that comes in fresh out of starting kayak bass fish and automatically wins a tournament, whether local or national, I kind of feel bad in the sense that, man, the, the growing, the developing, the building blocks, that's what makes yeah. it sweeter. I think it's just yeah. knowing that you work your butt off, that you invested time, right. money, energy, uh, vacation days, time away from your family, just to get yep. to this point. It just makes it home sweeter. Like if it, the kind of quoting a movie and not because I have you here as a female angler, but the movie, one of my favorite movies, uh, what was it? Uh, a League of Their Own. You remember that Tom Hanks, mm, Madonna mm-hmm. was in that movie. Um, what was the name of that actress? Um, Ashley? Oh, I don't, I don't know her. I forgot, but yeah, you know Madonna. The, the, uh, yeah, Ro, Ro, who Rosie else? O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Forgot the name Gina. I think it's Gina. That I don't. One. I don't I, know the name of the girl who plays. The, who plays was the catcher, right? So, anyways, yeah. anybody that hasn't watched the movie, there's a part where she kind of quits the game, and Tom Hanks is a coach, like you know, tells her why, and she says it got too hard. It's and it's true. It applies to this too. It's like. The hard part is what makes it great. If it was easy, yeah. anybody would have done it. And that's a straight quote from right. the movie. Sounds right. cliche, but it really does apply to kayak bass fishing. No, that's absolutely true, right? And and it's, you know, right. If every if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. You know, and, and the people that are passionate about it, they'll stick with it, you know. I mean... I have people ask me sometimes, well, you know, don't you, you know, well, you haven't won anything. Like, have you won a tournament yet? You know, not, not typically people that I fish with, but these are like my friends or, you know, family or whatever. And I'm like, no. And you know what? That's okay. And so, I mean, that, I think that's a, like a mindset thing for me, right? Would I love to win? Absolutely. That'd be great. But, um, you know, I, I don't do it for that. I don't, I don't fish tournaments to cash checks. Like I would love to win, but that's not, you know, I do it because it's something I love doing and it kind of gives me a reason to, to get out there and get on the water and fish and tournaments is just how I choose to do it. So. It's a great way to do it. And again, there's so much more right? than just catching fish. So let me yeah. ask you this. Uh, I know we're kind of winding down. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Sure. Um, to kind of like map your progress as an angler, what was your first bait when you started fishing out of a kayak? Oh, first bait, bait fishing out of a kayak. Ooh. Not necessarily um, your first, but your confidence bait. You know, what was your confidence bait going? Hmm. Probably a chatterbait. And what about now? Oh man, I still I still sling a chatterbait big oh, time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, they're so good. You know, it's sometimes it's hard to put them down, and that's what I caught every single fish except for one on Toledo on was a chatterbait. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I will tell you like right now, like I love throwing a chatterbait if I, if I get to power fish and that works and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I love fishing a fluke. Oh yeah. Like, like skipping a fluke or fishing a wacky worm. You know, some people don't like the whole finesse thing. I I love fishing. I, I'll do I'll do both. I like to power fish, and but I like to finesse fish just as much as I like to power fish. And I did not have that kind of confidence when I first started fishing. That was something I had to learn. That kind of brings me to my second question: What would you describe yourself, finesse or power fisherman? <sighs> Man, I don't know. That's a tough question because I don't. What I always say is it depends on the lake. You know, some, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I don't ever peg myself into one particular thing. Um, I did it first. At first, when I first started kayak fishing, it was like, I can do these two things. <laughs> and that's what I did. But now it's, it's, I don't know, man. I would say I might be more of a finesse fisher, which kind of hurts my heart a little bit. I feel like because <laughs> I live in Texas, I should say power fishing is my thing. But I have caught more five to eight pound bass on a fluke and a wacky worm than I have on anything else. Yep. And I think you, you hit it on the nail. Like, I think everyone should at some point, when, as a development of an angler, when you ask that question, be whatever I need to be. Like, I. Yeah. I mean, I, that's really what it is, right? I understand now where people say confidence bait, like like you said to me, yeah. a chatterbait, a jackhammer, even lately I've been throwing that slobber knocker by Berkeley's, super confident with it. Give me yeah. a underspin, and for whatever reason, I'm not confident at all. And now I get why people say that, but at the beginning, when I had no confidence on anything, honestly, mm -hmm. to me, I was like, I want to be an angler where it's confident with everything. Like I don't want to pigeonhole myself saying. I'm not getting any bites. So I'm going to throw this because it's my confidence. I get it and I understand it, but I think where everyone wants to be as an angler is be confident enough to know what's going on and know what to throw. And if that means throwing a net rig, which 90% of people hate, that's oh, better I than skunking. I, I've I'm always said, rig. I, I, I understand when people say, oh, that's too boring. <laughs> and I always say like, you know what's boring? Not catching a fish. I love yeah. throwing a chatterbait. I love throwing a jackhammer. But yeah. if they're not biting it, I'm more bored when I casting and not getting a bite than throwing a net rig and at least getting bites. That yeah. would be my advice to anybody. Yeah. Shout out to Dylan Lowry, who we got on the podcast last week with talking about that. If you haven't heard that episode, go to listen to the last Oh, podcast. you know, I, I listened to part of it and then and then I think I got distracted because it was Dylan and Abby, right? Yes. They have a oh, good they're, back they're and forth about fitness and power fishing. Yeah. I, I love uh, Dylan Lowry, but I don't know. I think Abby has him on that down argument, but <laughs> Dylan makes some good points, so. Shout out to my boy, Dan Perry. Go check out that episode, Advanced Kayak, for those yeah, out there listening. I, start, I started it the other day, and then I hadn't finished it yet. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Dan Perry does a great job of doing interviews like that, educational. I think that's his jam, and, I, and I'm really happy to yeah. him for him being on the podcast as well. Another question that I wanted to ask you, when it comes to mapping, you know, all that stuff that we do before we're on the water, 
You got the yeah. schedule out for the national trails. You've signed, you signed up for your trails. What do you look at now, you know, as far as graphs, your research? What's yeah. your research like now as you matured as an angler? Oh, so um, it's a lot different. It, it's changed so much. You know, I mean, I use Navionics to look for things. Um, Google Earth Pro. And, and I think a lot of people know this and, and, you know, I don't know about like new people, but it took me a little while to figure it out. But, you know, Google Earth Pro on your desktop, you can roll the lake yep. back in time. And so like now what I do is, you know, I know, okay, I'm going to be at such and such lake in June. So, you know, whatever I, you know, whatever month it is, I'm going to be there. I go look at, okay, what are the water levels supposed to be? Okay. What was the last time on this lake? That was the water level. And I roll that map back and look at the water level at that time, whatever point in time that was. And then I'll go find a point in time where the lake was really, really low. And I'll go mark every hump, lay down, anything that you can find because, you know, and when the waters were low, all kinds of things come out of the woodwork. And so, um, you know, just spending a lot of time studying those maps, learning the names of landmarks or the creeks and all of that kind of stuff. You know, if you're, if it's not your home lake or not a lake, you fished a whole lot, like that's so important because, you know, if somebody's talking about, you know, whatever, they're going to fish such and such Creek and practice, and you don't know where that is, you know, you, it doesn't help you any. So you gotta, you gotta learn, you gotta learn the maps and learn where things are, learn how to use Google pro, use your Navionics. You know, you're going to have to spend a little money sometimes on, on the Navionics stuff. If you want to yeah. get like all the good stuff. Right. And, um, you know, some, you know, electronics on your boat is, is really, I think very key. I know there's a lot of people who do really, really well without it. Um, yeah, I know, I know, but he, Hey, he's, he's joined, he's joined the live scope crew. I'll so, give it, I'll give it the first gunk. I'm telling this right now. I don't know why Jordan Marshall is doing it. <laughs> I love Jordan I Marshall. Can't wait. I guarantee you Facebook marketplace by February. <laughs> I'm calling it. <laughs> Jordan Marshall is going to post it. Why this guy was one angler of the year. I want so much money. Go to live scope. When yeah. he found some success before yeah. summer. Facebook marketplace, you'll get a good yeah. deal. He's, he's just got to not let that, <laughs> like not let that get in his head. Cause you know, I've, I bought a new kayak at the end of this season and, um, and it, and I have live scope now on my kayak and man, it's so cool. I mean, I just, I just pedal around the lake and I'm just looking at everything. I mean, you know, I don't know if you, do you have live scope Armando? I don't, I've, I think I want to, I don't know if I want to, invest. I don't, I don't have anything against it. I'm not these people that are booty hurt because people are going live scope. If eventually I feel like the evolution of live scope is the only way that really is going to transcend, like we see it in bass boats, right? Like if you want to yeah. win an angler of the year, you need to have live scope in the big yeah. national elite levels. It really, you, you, 
you're really at a disadvantage. I think kayak fishing is not at that point yet because not a lot of people yeah. have it. And I, and a lot of people that have it really still don't know how to use it. It's not, I think, you know, Jordan Marshall, for example, Duke Gregory, another one who doesn't use electronics, is another great angler. Mm -hmm. You know, then there's the UM miners, of course, that, have, that are very proficient at it. I mentioned it on my last podcast. But I think that's it's just a handful of people, right? I still, I still, and Jordan Marshall has proven it. You can, Drew Gregory has proven it. You yeah. can compete without and actually win AOIs without any electronics oh, yeah. on your boat. So, oh, absolutely. But I'm assuming at some point where I feel like, okay, yeah, this is the only way to compete right now because it, it, it the technology is going to keep advancing. You know, whatever it is that it is yeah. now, five years from now, it's going to be something that we're going to yeah. be like, oh man, it's blowers our mind. So, We'll see, but yeah, yeah no, yeah, right now I'm, sure. I'm not in a hurry to invest that much money on it. I'm losing enough. I don't blame you, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. But how is it? So how long have you had the light scope now? Uh, let's see. I bought, I got that. Um, oh, when was Dardanelle? I got it at Dardanelle because I bought AJ's boat from him. I bought his, his, uh, PA 14 do you, do you want the live scope too? And I was like, well, might as well. So, but I didn't use it at Dardanelle. I didn't use that boat at Dardanelle. Um, so I guess when was that September? So I've had it since, since September and, um, you know, I've only got to go out a handful of times and play with it, but, um, you fished the throwdown, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Did so well. yeah, no, I did not do well. I fished the throwdown. Alex and I did. Score. My son and I did. And, um, and it was terrible. We fit, we both fish still house. Uh, I don't think either still one of us caught horrible. anything. Huh? Still house was still horrible. house is horrible. Oh yeah. 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 Um, J.R. Maccabee spoiled everyone, ruined it for everyone last year winning it. Well, 2021 winning it. And then 2022, everybody thought like, Oh, still house. That's where J.R. Yeah. Maccabee won it. It was, yeah. It was and, and see, I didn't even know anything. I didn't even know. A whole lot about Stillhouse. I think Alex and I had gotten to go up like two or three weeks before and um, spent the weekend and we fished Stillhouse one day and then we fished Belton the next day. But I caught fish on Stillhouse that that couple of weeks that we were up there before. Nice fish. And I was like, all right, this is where it is. And um, and we were up there just to have fun too. So it wasn't a wasn't really that big of a deal. But um it's, it was, I, you know what? I said, I didn't catch any fish. I did catch fish. This was the tournament where read the rules. I did not read the rules. I just assumed that a 12 inch fish was the minimum. Oh yeah. They lowered it yeah. to eight inches, I didn't, right? I didn't read the, I did not read all the rules, but you know, I was using a wacky rig to live scope fish off of the edge of the grass. And, you know, the water's so clear and so deep, you know, you, you know, I, it was just, it was terrible just sitting there watching that worm just fall slowly and right when it would get to the bottom, there they would come. And so with the live scope, you can just, you know what to do and when to do it. And so I was, you know, jacking 10 inch fish off the edge of the, and it, I had so much fun doing that. I didn't really even care. I was like, oh, tournament time's up. Oops. I've spent all day watching my live scope when I probably should have been, you know, moving around the lake fishing. 
Well, and that's the other uh, thing about live scope. I feel like if I'm staring at a monitor, then I'm kind of losing. Yeah. But I mean, again, I have nothing against it. I have I no, anybody that wants to no, use it, I'm sure either. it's a great tool. I have nothing against yeah. it. I'm not intimidated by anybody using live scope. I don't think any less of anybody because they have success on live scope. Success is success. You found no. it, you won tournament, whether you live scope, whether you went blind, whatever you found it, I have the same amount of respect for each uh, angler and each result as long as it's been done, um, you know, in accordance to the rules. But now that uh, 2023 season has put out their schedule, which oh, tournaments, yeah. what do you want to focus on this year? So um, just like with, you know, work and all that kind of stuff, I'll probably this year fish predominantly the majority of the Hobie tournaments. Nice. Um, probably not going to do, I'm not going to do Harris chain. I won't make the I Harris was about chain, to ask I'll, you Harris chain. Yeah, no. I mean, as much as I would love to, I just feel I have like PTSD from February tournaments. I mean, the Lake Fork one kind of, kind of did me in <laughs> Toledo I, was a mess. You know, I don't know. So, so I'm not going to do Harris Chain, but um, and I forget exactly what what's next. I think it's Santee Seminole. Um, you are going to do Cato. huh? Oh yeah, oh Cato. No, Cato no, no. is Cato's the second one. Cato is the no. second one. That's right. Yeah. yeah, no, I'll definitely do Cato. So pretty much everything except for maybe the New River. I may not do that one. And, and um. Too. Harris chain and I don't know about lacrosse. So, you know, cause Hobie has nine tournaments this year. And I think those are the three or four that I may not, I may not make, I'm going to try to do a bass one. I want to try to, to do a bass master one this year. Possum kingdom. Um, maybe possum kingdom. I think I might be able to make that work for sure. And then um, I'm going to try to hit up some of, and I, and I'm going to keep, I'm gonna, probably going to call them the alphabet crew forever because now what are they? Texas, Texas kayak, Texas Bass kayak League. Bass League, yeah. Yeah. So the TX, TX KBL. So yeah. I'm, I'm planning on doing a few of those tournaments, but I'm not going to get any practice for those. So that's going to, I'm going to show up and probably donate my money, but you know, I want to support them. You know, I really like Chris Morales and, you know, all the guys, right? Like Jeff and a lot of them, they, they fish those tournaments and they're a lot of fun. So yeah, yes. I'm going to do a guys. few more of those this year. I think I only got to do one last year. So. Did yeah. you fish the Bass Power Hour? No. I really, I really to want one. to. Yes. With Native, God, that would be so much fun, but they're just so like, they don't jive with all the other schedules and they're so far away. That it's hard, it might be coming you know? to Texas. Are they, they do they have one in Texas? Not yet. I don't know if it's going to be official or not, but is that is that the one they're hope, waiting on the announcement for? I think so. I don't know. If they, I hope if they do one eating, in Texas, if they do one in Texas, I will do my best to be there. I'm trying to pursue William Benini as much as I can to get him to come to Texas. I'm trying my best people. Yeah. I mean, Chris Morales just had it and it was an outstanding success. And trust me, yeah. I'm, I'm messaging William Benin's like, look what Chris Morales did. Like, come on, yeah. you can bring that here and have success. Um, 
that that's an interesting tournament. Uh, so you didn't get to fish the the one for uh, Texas Kayak Bass right, League, the right. last power hour in Fayette. Say that again. You didn't get I, to I fish. I lost you for a second. No worries. Did you, oh. did you get to fish the Texas Power Hour in, in no? I was Fayette, really looking no. forward to that one. Yeah, no, I didn't get to do that one. I wanted to, and and I can't remember now why I couldn't go, but I couldn't make that one work. So, but yeah, Caddo will be my first tournament, first tournament of the year. And um, I think uh I think is it Texas KBL? Somebody has a tournament the weekend after Caddo on Lake of the Pines. Oh, that's the All-American Kayak Series. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. So I was thinking about maybe doing that one. Um, but now I think they're moving to Friday and Saturday. I think that I just, I, you know, I, I heard, heard on KBN, that. they move it to Friday and Saturday. That's it's right. Kind of I heard them saying that the other night. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but I don't see. hopefully it'll work for them. Yeah, I don't understand much of the changes um, for all American kayak series. Somebody mentioned the KB, and I hope it's not true, but I kind of agree with them when they said it looks like they're making changes just for the sake of making changes, which hardly ever pays off. But we'll see. I'm a big fan of having yeah. national trails. I mean, by now we have like four national trails if you count, uh, well, five if you count all American kayak series and the Bass Power Hour. Which doesn't have an AOY, but it's still a national trail. Uh, yeah. The native. So, I mean, the more the merrier, as long as, you know, they can be done right and sustainable. But before I uh, let you, uh, give you a few minutes for um, to do your plugins, you know, where can people follow you and, and your sponsors? I wanted to ask you one more last question. What are your goals for tournaments this year for yourself? What are your Ooh. goals that you expect to accomplish? <clears throat> So tournament goals for this year. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. Trying to think about what, which ones I should talk about, which ones I should keep to myself. Um, Cause I actually sit down the week before new year's and write out a list of goals for the whole year. And so usually it's like, you know, half kind of like personal stuff and half fishing stuff. Um, well, you can do the fishing stuff. We <laughs> don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, yeah, I know, right. Um, fishing stuff, you know, I would, I would really like to, I, well, let me say this. this. This is, this is my real goal for this year is I want to be more consistent, right? Like I had a really good finish on Toledo last year and then kind of tapered off toward the end of the year. So I want to work, work on, you know, being a little bit more consistent. Um, I think this year the schedule is really good. The lakes are really good. So, you know, I just want to, I just want to do a little bit better in the tournaments, um, than I have in the past, but also, um, you know, I've been working on like more sponsor things, right? Like I'm kind of new to that. So, kind of work on building some of those relationships. Like that's one of my goals this year. Um, you know, yeah, pretty simple, you know? Well, there you go. I mean, that's goals is always, I think, important, but it looks like you have some attainable goals right there that you can I'd love you to know, catch a check. <laughs> yes, that would be nice. Kind of justify all the spending, right? Right, you know. But, I mean, this is, this is what I do with my vacation time, right? This yeah. Is, 
you know, this is what fulfills me personally is so as long as I keep getting to fish tournaments, it's all going to be good. Yes, I agree. I think I approach it as not work, but just vacation. It's my vacation time. And I'm, as long as I'm out there in the water, I'm enjoying it regardless of the results. That's right. So Wesley, I've had you for over an hour and I really do appreciate you taking the time um, for the podcast. I hope to see you on the water soon and hope to you know have yep. you on the podcast soon and maybe talk about a big win or catching a check. Before I let you go, as always, I want to give you a chance to, you know, do your plugins. Where can people follow you? Um, what are your, you know, thank anybody that you want to thank, whether it's family members or sponsors. So go right ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I guess, you know, this year I, I, I do have some sponsors this year, which is I'm really excited about um, something that I hadn't really uh, pursued in the past. So I'm really thankful to um, X Zone Lures. I've uh, used them for, you know, several years, even before I, even before I kayak fished. And um, so I'm really thankful to have, have a, a good partnership with them this year. And Dobbins Rods. Um, I'm a huge fan of Dobbins Rods. Um, you know, they're just, they're a great company to work with. And, um, you know, I love the fact that I'm sponsored by companies that I really believe in their products and I support, you know, they support me and I support them. It's, we have great relationships. So I'm really thankful to that. Thankful to them. Um, and then, you know, I really probably not probably, I could not do a lot of what I do without the support from my family. You know, my mom keeps Alex whenever I'm gone fishing these tournaments, Scott, you know, has him right now at dinner so I can do this. Um, you know, my sister, they're, they are all very, very supportive and, you know, it's hard for them sometimes because you know, I'm running all over the country by myself and, you know, they get a little nervous and, but they're very supportive and, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it without, without them. Um, and, you know, you can follow me on Instagram, follow me on TikTok, just search at Wesley Gray. You'll find me, um, send me a friend request on Facebook. Um, but yeah, follow me on social. There you go. Both. Thank there you, you for those companies to for supporting you. And again, we love to see what 2023 has in store for you, both personally and in in your kayak fishing tournament. And uh, again, wish you the best. Hope to see you pretty soon. Probably in Cato, we'll get to see you and fish. And oh uh, yeah, you excited about that one? Oh yeah, I'm super excited about Cato. Cato is awesome. You fished there before, I presume. Uh huh. Yeah. Nice. So there we go. Yeah. By in by uh spawning season? Uh I, no, 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 I so haven't, haven't fished Cato in spawning season. So, but it's it's gonna be this is gonna be a good one. Yeah, Cato's I can't wait to see how it shakes out. So yeah, I, I think that's what everybody wants to see, whether it's gonna be a spawning be. or pre-spawning bite. So, or maybe a mix yeah. of the two. We'll yeah, see. and you know it's it's, it's going to depend on the weather in February. So we'll see how, see how dirty Texas does us. Yeah. So, I, mean, I think you mentioned that before um, you fishing tournaments, February, I, for the longest time, I didn't understand why they would put tournaments national on February in Texas. But I think a lot of them because they're not Texas guys, but like anybody from Texas will tell you February is just a wild card out of any yeah. month. It's just a wild card. You never know what's going to happen in February for the most part. That's our worst time of the season as far as winter goes. And it proved in the last two years, it's been horrible. 
But yeah, okay. I'm glad to see that the Hobie's starting off at Florida. This year I have hope. This year I think yeah. it's going to be really good. Yeah. At least national trails we don't have to deal until March. So that's I think that's a better option for Texas. Well, anyways, again, thank you, Wesley. No, I think I was about to say that um, that I think for February national trail-wise, having the first tournament in Texas in March, that's what I meant to say. So let me correct myself. Let me go back. Oh. So having the first national trail in okay. Texas on March instead of February is probably the best. I know I confuse myself talking sometimes. I don't know why. <laughs> Are you still there, Wesley? Did I lose you for good? Uh, Whoops. We lost Wesley. Lost you completely for a second there, but no <laughs> worries. I can edit that out. It's not a big deal. But like I was saying, like, uh, so thank you again, Wesley, so much for joining us. Uh, and for those out there listening, yeah. if you're going to be on the water, please wear your PFDs. If you're going to have a couple of beers while you're on the water or while you're out fishing, just make sure you drink responsibly. Make sure you take the necessary precautions to make it home back to your loved ones. So. Have a great day, everyone. Have a great week. Whenever you listen to this, you're going to be on the water. Have a great time. Tight lines, y'all.